You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Anticipated wide receiver rankings for the Burke and Miz, the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. Here we go. All right, we're getting right into the wide receiver rankings for the 2020 season. And I'm going to go through my top five really quick, and then we'll have Burke go through his top five. But at number one, I have Devontae Adams for the Packers. And I really like Devontae Adams. I'm kind of worried in regards to the the fact that I think the Packers are going to run the ball a lot more than they normally do. Um, so I think that's going to take away passing opportunities. But I'm intrigued by the fact that the Packers didn't draft a wide receiver in their draft when it looked like they were going to. And really, Devontae Adams is the only option in on their whole entire team. So having said that, I think he's going to get the majority of the, the looks in the passing game. And I, I like Michael Thomas, of course, but I, I think that, uh, you know, it's hard to, uh, to keep his consistency that he's had. And this is uh, the year that Devontae Adams kind of shoots ahead of that and, and becomes the number one receiver. And so number two, obviously, uh, Michael Thomas, I just mentioned. I think he's going to have a regression from last year, but it's kind of tough to bet against his, uh, just his consistency that he had with the Saints. And I don't like the fact that they have a lot of weapons for the Saints in regards to, you know, you're throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara, you signed Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith is supposed to have a, uh, a improved season, and, uh, you know, me and Burke have been kind of pounding the table on Taysom Hill, more so me than Burke, but um, I, I think that's going to f- f- uh, kind of dip into his production a little bit, and he won't be as consistent as he has been. So I have him at number two. And then I have Julio Jones at number three. And I'm kind of on the fence about Julio Jones in the season because I really like him, but the Falcons' reluctance to throw him the ball in the red zone just baffles me. And he should have way more touchdowns than he does. And I don't see that changing, though. Uh, it's been, you know, a couple years now of them not utilizing him in, in the red zone. So he gets a ton of yards, and that kind of makes up for the fact that he doesn't score a lot. But I can't put him any higher than that just because he, he, he doesn't score. And then at number four, I have Chris Godwin from the Buccaneers. I really like Chris Godwin. and Tom Brady will know how to use him. I, I think he's the number one receiver over Mike Evans for their offense. And I actually think he might have a better year than he had last year, which is, is uh, going to be tough. But uh, the way that Bruce Arians likes to pass the ball, I really like that. And really expect a big year from him and even a bigger jump. And then at number five, I kind of have uh, a wild card. And I have Kenny Galladay. And he's, he's rated in the top ten, of course. But I have him at number five because I really liked his rapport with Matthew Stafford. I think that his stats would have been even better had Matthew Stafford been able to play the whole season. And I get Marvin Jones pretty much has the same stats as Kenny Galladay. But uh, Kenny Galladay is the more intriguing athlete with the more upside. So I have him at number five. And what do you have, Burke? I have some similar rankings. Um, our number five differs a fair amount, but um, for number one, I had Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams absolutely is the number one receiver in fantasy this year. Um, like you said, you know, you got Alan Lazard, and you got a few other options, but there's clearly that Devontae Adams is the number one target in Green Bay. Um, I anticipated that he would be the number one receiver last year, but obviously he suffered through quite a few injuries and missed some time, which hampered his ability, and Michael Thomas played extremely well. But I think Devontae Adams will be the number one fantasy football receiver this year. And then I have closely behind there, if there was a 1A and a 1B, 1B is going to be Michael Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas, I expect to have another fantastic year, but I agree with you. I see some regression in his fantasy points this year. And one of the biggest reasons is I think you're going to have a, a healthy uh, Alvin Kamara. 
And you're also going to have Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders finally gives that you know, complimentary wide receiver to Michael Thomas that hasn't been there, hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's going to take some. He's going to take some of the targets away from Michael Thomas. So Adams number one, Michael Thomas number two, and then three. I have Julio Jones. Um, I'm with you. I am dumbfounded how the you know Falcons can't find a way to get in the ball in the red zone. Such a, a big target, someone that you could put up in the corner of the end zone and. It just doesn't seem to happen, but I'm hopeful with um, Austin Hooper being gone and, um, you know, a little bit um, more targets going to Julio Jones' way that they can find a way to use him in the red zone. Um, my number four receiver is uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, this is he, – he's a receiver that he just makes explosive plays. You know, he might only catch the ball three times a game, but he might have two touchdowns of 60-plus yards. That's just the way it seemed to go with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have so many weapons in Kansas City. Even last year going back, they had a lot of weapons, and you thought this was a year that Tyreek Hill is not going to be as explosive or put up as many points, and he just tends to do it. He just has that ability to get the ball one one or three times a game. He's going to put up some big fantasy points. So I still have Tyreek Hill in my top five, and I have him number four. Um, I'm really high on Chris Godwin. I have him number five overall. Um you know, I, I think you make a good argument that Godwin could potentially have a better year than he did last year. I personally think he's going to have just slightly, uh, be slightly less productive than he was last year. And that's predominantly because of Tom Brady and just the way that he he's not going to force the ball. He's going to spread it around. You know, you got Mike Evans, Godwin. We've been through some of the tight end options with O.J. Howard, Gronkowski, Kevin mm-hmm. Gray. And then, uh, you know, with the running game now, you know, I'm not – the running back by committee, I should say, but the handful of running backs that are available, I, I just see the target share going down for Godwin just a little bit. Well, by the way, I was hoping you were going to uh, name who that starting running back was going to be because I would like to know because right now I'm staying away from that situation. <laughs> well, I, I think you have a starting running back in Tampa Bay based on uh, you know what the what the situation is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be short yardage, going to be first down, going to be going. I think your starting running back is Fournette. <laughs> Outside of there, you got McCoy, you got Vaughn, you know, you got Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, you got a lot of options. But I think if it's short yardage, first down, I'm going to see Fournette out there. Other than that, I think there's a lot of different choices. Well, by the way, I want to make my because uh, I was really high on Keyshawn Vaughn, but that was pre all the uh, the moves that the Buccaneers made. So now, not as high on him. That whole situation is shaky to me, and I am not sticking my neck out for anyone in that backfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you commented. I was I was looking at some rankings today, and I thought that uh, Vaughn would no longer be in your uh, top 30 running backs for the upcoming year. No, he actually drops way out of that. He actually might even barely make my top 50 at this point with uh, everything going on. So, But, you know, that's what happens. There's a simple move that's made, and it changes the rankings entirely. So, um, Number six, did you uh, – I have Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs, and, you know, same things that you mentioned. I like his big play production. The two things that made me drop him to number six is, one, he does tend to get injured a little bit and so you know he's bound to miss a couple games during the season and uh, the inconsistency like he'll have you know be non-existent for a week or two and then you know get you like 30 points one week and just blow up he'll have like four catches for like three touchdowns so uh he's, he's a really talented receiver and then also with just the chiefs they have a pretty high tempo offense there's a lot of options and you know i, I really like mccall hardman taking a step so I think it comes at the expense of Tyreek Hill a little bit. Number seven, I have Cooper Cup, who, you know, a lot of people are down on him based off of, you know, the Rams going to two tight end sets. But Goff is, you know, that's what he looks for. Red zone, he needs a first down on third down. He's looking at Cooper Cup, and they're not going to take that away. Uh, that's a key part of their offense. And he he had a couple games where he didn't produce last year, but – I can count like two games out of the whole year and the rest of the time. I mean, he, he averaged like 60 yards at least in a touchdown. So that consistency to me is really key. And I want that week to week. And I think Cooper cup provides that. And I'm maybe overvaluing him a little bit, but that's the type of receiver that I want on my team that I know I'm going to get that, uh, you know, that eight to, you know, 14 points per week out of, and, uh, as a number one receiver, that's that's what you want. So number eight, I have DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals. 
and he's kind of all over the board in rankings. I've seen him as high as number four. I've seen him as low as like number 18. And for me, I put him kind of in the middle. I, you know, the Cardinals have a lot of weapons and options and they, they pass the ball a lot though. And you don't trade for DeAndre Hopkins and not use him. I just think he's going to see a lot of targets that will be comparable to what he had at Houston uh, with as much as the Cardinals pass the ball. So I can't put him any lower than number eight. And if I can get him as the eighth overall receiver and uh, draft him, that's where I would I would want to draft him. And uh, number nine, I have Mike Evans for the Buccaneers. I have Mike Evans here because he's another one. He kind of reminds me of Mari Cooper a little bit where he can just explode and get you like three touchdowns and, you know, 200 yards receiving. And then he can also get you absolutely nothing, which is like, you know, five targets and zero catches and no yards and no touchdowns. And um, so he's really all over the place. But the talent is there. He's a good receiver. He, he always uh, stats out as being a top 15 receiver. And I like Mike Evans at, at that spot with – you know, Bruce Arians again passing the ball a lot and Tom Brady getting him the ball. I think with the fact that they're not going to turn the ball over very much uh, compared to, you know, the Jameis Winston days, I think that means more opportunities for their receivers. Number 10, I have Adam Thielen for the Vikings. And he's a boring pick to me because, you know, he's not very flashy, but he just gets the job done. You know, he'll get like nine catches for 100 yards and, you know, a touchdown. And you're like, where did that come from? Uh, Adam Thielen is pretty consistent too. And, you know, compared to when Stefan Diggs was there last year where he was a little more inconsistent, when Adam Thielen plays and he's healthy, he's a really consistent receiver. And his route running is probably top five in the league in, in regards to his ability. And you, you can't coach that, and that's why I think he is so consistent. And I'm always going to bank on a guy like that because if, you know, you can run routes, you can go against any coverage, and you can be productive. So he definitely makes my top ten. Yeah, I have um, some similar rankings. I'll start at my number eight, which is Mike Evans, because there's a few things that you mentioned that I want to draw attention to. For for Mike Evans, I agree that, you know, there's times where you know, he's going to get two touchdowns, 100-plus yards, and then he can disappear for two weeks. You know, I'm 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 optimistic that that will change with uh, you know, Tom Brady at quarterback versus Jameis Winston. I, I I see just a more consistent usage of Mike Evans this year, so I have him as number eight, and I I think that we'll see a little more of a consistency in his game and in his numbers. Now, at the same time, yeah, you've mentioned it before, and I think there's some truth to what you stated is that you know it's not going to be as much as the vertical passing game as maybe what we saw with. Um, you know, Winston mm-hmm. last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, you may not see as much of that with Evans. Um, so they'll have to work out that report with um, Tom Brady. Um, but I still see, you know, he's one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. And you start focusing on Godwin, 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 and then you're going to be able to hit Evans deep. And Tom Brady's a, a you know, quarterback that can really use the skill set of his team. So while I don't see as much as the vertical game, I see Mike Evans having a big year this year, and I see him consistent, and I have him number eight. No, I, so going back, oh, no I, I think that's a good point. That's what I like about him, too, is I don't feel like he's going to have that inconsistency with Brady as he did with Winston. Right. You know, and then going um, to my number six, I have DeAndre Hopkins. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is someone who's usually in that top five every year as one of those receivers. I think that, you know, his transition to Arizona, um, there's some pros and cons to it. I think the con is he, he um, you know, is not going to be the – Focal, he'll still be the focal point of that receiving core, but there's other talent around them. You know, Larry Fitzgerald can still play, Christian Kirk can still play. They have other weapons out there. Um, you know, so there's other options that Kyler Murray can throw the ball to. However, just the sheer volume of passes that we're seeing from Kyler Murray and what we anticipate this year is such a high volume of offense. I still see him being him being a very productive fantasy football receiver. And if I get him at number six, I'm very happy to have DeAndre Hopkins on my team. Um, I have. Kenny, Kenny Galladay coming in at number seven. Um, you look at his points last year, just a very productive receiver, and I think he's going to continue to see that growth um, as a fantasy football receiver. You know, last year, 1,190 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, pretty solid performance, and I think that he's still on that upward path as a developer as a wide and, receiver. And he was quarterback-proof, which I really like. Like, you know, Driscoll was in yeah. there, Blau was in there, and he still was producing, regardless of who was playing quarterback. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm Blau. I just saw it today. Didn't didn't make the active roster, so he's a guy that's putting up points with a guy that you know didn't even make the active roster the following year. So um, I agree with you. You get a healthy Stafford, and he could be putting up some uh, significant points this year in fantasy football. Um, the number nine um, is uh, Cooper Cup, uh, one of my favorite fantasy football receivers. Um, just a, a consistent performer. You know, he's going to get a large volume of targets. He's a, a red zone threat, and he just consistently puts up numbers. Something you can plug in every week, and you don't have to worry about who he's playing or you know what DBs face him. He's someone that is going to put a consistent points for you. One of a, in my opinion, a very underrated fantasy football receiver. Um, and number number ten, I have Calvin Ridley as my number ten. Wow, I think Calvin Ridley is one of the uh, most polished route runners in the NFL. Um, I think that with Austin Hooper leaving, there's going to be um, a void for some of those targets. I know you and I have talked about mm-hmm. that tight end position if it's Hayden Hurst. I see Ridley um, taking a lot of those targets because I think that a lot of the focus is going to be turned to Julio Jones. Um, hopefully, as we've all hoped, uh, that the red zone targets for Julio Jones are going to increase. He's someone that you're going to have to make sure you have accounted for from a double coverage standpoint uh, or other you know, coverage standpoint near the red zone that Kevin Ridley is someone who could really sneak in and, and pick up a, quite a bit of those targets that have left by Hooper. 133 points. I, I think that that's uh, only going to increase. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the 150, 160 point range at the end of this coming season. Nice. No, it's, I agree with your points and uh, I have more to add here on this uh, next five because I have some of the, the same people you mentioned. Um, Number 11, I have Allen Robinson for the Bears. And I'll be honest, I love Allen Robinson. He's one of my favorite receivers in the NFL based off of talent. But, I mean, I don't know what he did to God, but he really has been put in some football purgatory in regards to his uh, quarterbacks. When you have Blake Bortles throwing you the ball and then you go to Chicago and have Trubisky throwing you the ball. And the thing about it is is he's still pretty productive and uh, – you know, touchdown wise and just reception wise, he gets he gets the targets. And I don't, even though Trubisky won the starting job again, which I think is just them dying on that sword of you know we need Trubisky to be successful. Uh, they won't let it die. Um, I think Allen Robinson is going to get a lot more red zone opportunities because the, the offense can't be as anemic as it was last year. So I feel like that's he's going to have improved stats touchdown-wise in the red zone and just overall in yardage. So I really like Allen Robinson. And if he ever gets a good quarterback, he's going to be in my top five because I just think he's a top five receiver. Uh, number 12, I have D.J. Moore for the Panthers. And I really like D.J. Moore just because uh, the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is giving him the ball, I feel like he's a more accurate quarterback than Cam Newton. Not to say he's a better quarterback, but I think he's a more accurate quarterback, and he'll be able to give DJ uh, more more targets. And this could really be a breakout year for DJ Moore. I just really like his potential, and I think at number twelve, you potentially could be drafting, you know, a, a, a top top seven receiver with with the Panthers. So um, number thirteen, I have your boy Calvin Ridley for the Falcons, and I agree with you. I think if there's a receiver to own in this area Calvin Ridley is the one I think he's going to have a Chris Godwin like uh, ex- uh, like breakout season this year and not that it's hard to predict because he's been pretty productive his first two years but I just think he's going to that next level and he potentially has the uh, uh, he could he could take over that Julio Jones number one spot this year uh, he just is really talented he scores, unlike Julio Jones, and he's always open. So I, I'm i really high on Calvin Ridley, and he's one of my favorite receivers in this top 15. And if when I'm drafting, I, I definitely want Calvin Ridley in, in all my drafts. Number 14, I have A.J. Brown for the Titans. And I would love to put A.J. Brown higher because even as a rookie, him coming into the uh, – before he got drafted, he was one of my favorite receivers. He's just a tank. He's really talented, and I think the biggest flaw for him is the fact that he's, you know, in a Titans offense that likes to run the ball, and that really takes away from his targets and opportunities. But if he was in a more pass-heavy offense, I think he's a you know top ten receiver. So 
I, I'm really liking the talent, and I, I feel like he could have a breakout year this year. Uh, he's, I like him more than a, a lot of other guys in, in uh, better passing offenses. I just think the again the downfall is going to be Tanning Hill's efficient, but they 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 don't throw the ball a lot, and that's going to hurt AJ Brown a little bit. At number fifteen, I have Amari Cooper for the Cowboys, and people have him a lot higher than this. I am out on Amari Cooper. If I, I actually would take him off my board in a lot of instances. I just don't like him. I know he signed the big deal with the Cowboys. Um, my big thing about him is he always shows up in the top 15 range at receiver, but I think the biggest flaw with him is he's so inconsistent. And I know he was hurt last year, but he wasn't hurt with the Raiders, and he was inconsistent with the Raiders. And I just think that's his M- MO. He's going to get you some big stats one week and then just disappear the next and he's fine with that, you know. He's had interviews after he's had a, a really bad game, and he's like, yeah, they're focusing on me, so the other people got the ball, which is great, but for fantasy purposes, I don't want a number one receiver or even my number two receiver to be that inconsistent, and especially home in away uh, splits. He's, he's really bad away from uh, Dallas, and he seems to excel more when he's, you know, playing in Dallas and I don't want that headache of having to play that game every every day so Amari Cooper rounds out my my top 15 and uh, obviously you know I, I said a lot of negative about him but uh again he's he's playing for the Cowboys and they're they do throw the ball a lot so I still think there's a lot of volume for him to be had that brings him in that top 15. Yeah yeah I don't have uh, Amari Cooper in my top 15 some of the same reasons that you have um, just, just because some of that inconsistency. And if I'm looking for, you know, one of those top receivers, I want something I can plug in the lineup and have more confidence going to produce on a week and week out basis. Just like you said, you know, if I'm, if I'm going through my next five, I'm going to start off number 11. I have Tyler Lockett. I still think Tyler Lockett is one of the uh, most consistent fantasy football receivers that you can get consistent um, receiver and the, uh, as far as targets and production, uh, we've talked a little bit about Russell Wilson that, you know, you've anticipated a year where he's going to be throwing the ball a little bit more in the year that they, they let him, you know, open it up a bit more. I think with the emergence of DK Metcalf, I think that's going to also help um, free up some more of um, Tyler Lockett, and I anticipate him to have a big fantasy year. Um, I, I have DJ Moore at number 12. I'm high on DJ Moore as well, very productive last year, and then uh, much more consistent play at quarterback. We have come here with Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, just some of the weapons out there, uh, DJ Moore is clearly the wide receiver of choice in Carolina. And he has some additional th- weapons around him with Robbie Anderson and um, Curtis Samuel that can help alleviate some of that double coverage or focus that he played, you know, he, he played against last year and so was productive with you know, underwhelming quarterback play. Um, I have Adam Thielen at number 13. I'm a little bit lower this year. Um, part of the reason I do is that uh, without Stefan Diggs, I just see him having a little more attention as far as coverage and doesn't have, a, a, like we just went through with uh, DJ Moore, not having someone to kind of relieve some of that coverage pressure on him. If this was a PPR league I, or PPR ranking, I would definitely bring him up a little bit higher. But I still think that he's a consistent receiver that would be a good value at 13 overall. Um, I have A.J. Brown at number 14. Um, I agree with you that he's, you know if it's not quite the offense that um, you know we'd like to see AJ Brown in, and the fact that you know if he had a little more um, wide open type passing game, we could see higher production out of him. But given the fact of um, you know he's in this system in Tennessee, and the report he's shown with Tannehill, the production he had as a as a rookie, and being the clear number one target, I still think that he's someone that's going to produce very well in fantasy football this year. And uh, number 15, Allen Robinson, I agree with you, one of the the best wide receivers in the game, Um, someone that puts up consistent points with underwhelming quarterback play. Trubisky is not the answer, and um, I I agree. I think they're just plugging him in to prove a point to try and at least spend a first-round pick and made the move to go up and get Trubisky. We're going to try and make this work, but I don't think it's going to be successful at the end. And if you paired Allen Robinson with some of these other quarterbacks in the league, I think he would be tremendous and be much higher on my – on my scale, but I have Allen Robinson at uh, number 15. And I think it's just ins- insanity at this point where it's like, they're just being stubborn to be stubborn in Chicago. It's 
It's like, do you want to win or do you just want to try to prove a point with Trubisky? Because I am probably, you know, I am the, the anti-fan of Mitchell Trubisky. I, I see nothing in him that shows me that he's an NFL quarterback. You know, um, I I agree 100%. And um, I, unfortunately, that really hurts on Robinson's value. Um, but uh, he still produces someone that I'm very happy to have in my top 15, someone who's a consistent wide receiver for you. But I would love to see him in the future with a different quarterback. Hey, maybe he gets traded somehow to uh, Houston and he gets matched up with uh, Deshaun Watson. That would be a dream situation. Absolutely. Um, um, I'll, I'll start with my, my yeah. number 16 of uh, Terry McLaren here. I think that this is a wide receiver, a ton of talent, and you saw the production as the year went on just continue to improve. You saw some of that special talent as a wide receiver. Not a lot of other weapons out there in Washington right now. Um, Haskins played much better as the season went on, and they showed a rapport and a connection. So I see um, this is a spot where you know, McLaurin could be one of those emerging breakout star wide receivers. And um, I have him number 16 overall. See a large volume of targets going his way. I don't think that this is a team that's going to be playing um, with a lead. And I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. And so a lot of targets, a lot of opportunity. And so I'm pretty high in this season. At number 17, I have Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton had a, a great fantasy football last year kind of the year that we all anticipated that he would. It definitely accelerated when he was paired up with Drew Locke. You and I have both talked extensively about our praise for Drew Locke in this upcoming season. I would like to have Cortland Sun a little bit higher on my list, but I think this is the right spot because I think there's some other weapons in that offense now. Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, some others that you know are going to take some of those targets away from him, and there's not as much of a need to force the ball to Cortland Sutton. So I have him at uh, my 17th overall wide receiver for the upcoming year. That's a good pick. And then for number 18, um, I have Amari Cooper. Uh, similar circumstances or similar reasons why, as you articulated. Uh, but number 18, I think that Amari Cooper's solidly ranked here at 18. Um, 19, I have Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham has not met expectations the last couple of years. He has battled some level of injury, and you hope that uh, you know with a little more stable coaching structure, a little more, I guess, uh, poised Baker Mayfield, that you're going to see um, just a, a more stabilization of Odell Beckham's mm-hmm. production. And I think that he'll be, uh, you know, a good quality contributor this year. But he's not the he's not the wide receiver that you drafted in the in the past where you were looking at him as a top five. Um, wide receiver, but at number um, 19, I think he's someone that can put up some quality fantasy points for you. And uh, Jarvis Landry, you know, very good receiver as well, but has battled some injuries as well. So I could still see a high volume of targets to Odell Beckham. And if they can click the way we all anticipated them to be last year, someone to be very happy that you drafted later in your fantasy draft. Um, number 20, I have DK Metcalf. Exceeded expectations last year, you know, wasn't a, a, quite the most polished. You know, route runner when he ended the league, but as the season went on, you saw more uh, route tree ability. You know, he could run a lot more routes in the uh, route tree, and, and it was very productive. And with Russell Wilson, I think that this is a good pairing. He likes those larger receivers that can hit the deep ball, and I, I think that uh, DK Metcalf is going to have a very good year, and I, I'd be very happy to get him at number 20 overall. Nice. No, and yeah, just by your picks, I can tell you're really high on the uh, Seattle Seahawks offense this year, which I would agree with you. So, I'm high on Russell Wilson. And, <laughs> you know, he's got two quality wide receivers. You know, like you know, kind of had Tyler Lockett with Paul Richardson, you know, very fast receiver, but someone who wasn't very as productive. You know, you got Gordon back in the mix, but I think Metcalf and uh, Lockett are, are are solid wide receivers paired with you know one of the elite quarterback in the NFL. So. Yep. Good year for those two. I agree, and uh, I'll go to uh, my, you know, my next five. Uh, number sixteen, I have Cortland Sutton, and the reason why I have Cortland Sutton here is kind of what you said. This is a good spot for him, and a lot of people are down on Cortland Sutton because they're like he's not going to get the volume in Denver, and I'm still baffled by the fact that people think he's not going to get a lot of volume in Denver. I think Denver's going to pass the ball quite a bit. Like they have a lot of weapons, they drafted a lot of weapons. 
I think they're going to have a wide open offense. And so uh, I, I, I see no reason why they're not going to be able to get a lot of targets for Cortland Sutton. And he's a good receiver. And I, I like him even better than last year because before you just had to focus on Cortland Sutton. But now with Jerry Judy there, you know, KJ Hamler, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, and uh, you got Noah Fant. Like, there's just a lot of weapons, so you can't just focus on Sutton this year like you could last year. And so I think that really opens up the offense for him and gives them more opportunities. So I, I really like Court and Sutton, and uh, I'm the I'm anti of what the other experts are saying in regards to his uh, his production this year. At number 17, I have Robert Woods for the Rams, and he's kind of a boring pick, um, but he's he's pretty consistent receiver. And the the Rams use him in a lot of different capacities. And obviously, you know, I had Cooper Cup pretty high as well. I just think that uh, in the Sean McVay offense, those are the two main receivers, and they get a lot of play. I would say, you know, with uh, Robert Woods, his big issue for me is I wish he would score a little bit more. But his targets are there, and I don't see that declining at all. And I actually think the touchdowns will uh, increase from last year. So that kind of... Uh, makes me have to rank him in the top 20. And number 18, I have Keenan Allen for the Chargers. There's a lot to be scared of. In fact, you know, with Tyrod Taylor being the quarterback and, you know, you're not sure how the offense is going to gel and the chemistry, but I just am banking on the talent. Keenan Allen is a really good receiver, and talent-wise, he should be higher than what he's being ranked right now. So, I, I just feel like he's going to be the main guy. I actually feel like there's a regression for Mike Williams. You know, he got kind of uh, hurt with his shoulder earlier in camp. And uh, I think that Keenan Allen is going to be their, their main weapon for these Chargers offense. So I'm, I'm really high on him, and I think he deserves a top 20 ranking. So I have him at number 18. Number 19, I have DJ Chark for the Jaguars. He came out of nowhere last year. He had the talent, but uh, you weren't sure how he was going to be used. Everyone liked D.D. Westbrook. And sure enough, D.J. Chark is the one that uh, came out and was the productive receiver. And I think that improves this year because, for one, I think the Jaguars are going to be behind all the time. And they're going to have to play catch-up, so there's going to be a lot of garbage time receptions for him and yards and touchdowns. And he did really well last year. I think he was, like, top three receiver uh, during a stretch of, of the the season last year, and uh, he kind of fell off towards the end. But I, I just feel like with Gardner Minshew, he has a better rapport than he did with Foles at the time, and that's just going to increase this year. And then at number twenty, I have Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks. I too am high on the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. I just have a real tough time determining, you know, is it going to be DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett that's going to be the main receiver? And so I feel like my rankings kind of drop both of them because I'm not sure who's going to be the number one guy, and I feel like both have the potential. But uh, Tyler Lockett is another consistent receiver who's really good, and if you can get him, he can be a steal for you, and especially where you're drafting him. So uh, Tyler Lockett is – I like him a little bit better in regards to the Seahawks offense, and he's the, he's the one to own, and he, he definitely deserves to be in the top 20. All right, going to our next group of five wide receivers. I'm starting at number 21 with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I think that uh, you know he's had didn't meet expectations last year and uh, underwhelmed, but battled some injuries. Obviously, we went through this before. The quarterback play was not very good last year. Anticipate that's going to be significantly better with Ross and Westberger. You know, the other thing too is that um, after Antonio Brown left, I think that a lot of focus is put on um, Juju and, and wasn't able to. You know, overcome that double coverage and additional coverage pressure that he was seeing. And now with, um, you know, some additions, one being Gantt uh, Johnson, I think we'll have a, a good year in this upcoming season. Someone who could be a, a very intriguing wide receiver. Um, the Steelers always tend to find these um, smaller, quick receivers. You put them in a slot and they're very productive. So I think he could have a, a, a strong can, year. And then with, Can uh, I throw Chase something? Claypool. Can I say something really quick before you go to Chase Claypool? Yes, so absolutely. with Juju Smith-Schuster last year, you know, he had a, a unproductive year last year, but he actually had the lowest percentage of catchable balls that were thrown to him last year than any receiver in the NFL. So 
I think that uh, plays into what you're saying of it looks like a great bounce back year for him this year with Roth- Roethlisberger. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. go on. Absolutely. You get him at 21, you know, someone that could easily be much in the year, much higher than where we have him here. But at 21, I think is a, a very good spot for him here. Um, 22, I have Robert Woods. I'm very high in him as well. I think that, you know, he really came on the course of last year, showed a lot of production, and I don't really see a big drop off on that. Um, you know, even report today that there was teams inquiring about Everett and looking to trade him. Oakland the Rams didn't. Um, but obviously, if they usually don't start reaching out unless there's some, you know, potential interest on the team of moving somebody. So I think that just reflects how high they are on Higby, Woods, and Cup. And again, a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, I have, uh, Keenan Allen at 23. A tremendous route runner. One of the best route runners in the league. Someone who's a very consistent performer. I'd like to have him a little bit higher. I'm just not quite certain what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is a is a decent veteran. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't see, especially with Duran James being injured in defense, I just don't see this as a team that is going to be competing. And um, I think they're going to go to Herbert. And, um, you know, not that that's a bad thing. And I, I would probably do the same thing if I were in um, the Chargers' shoes. But uh, want to see Herbert perform a little more if I'm willing to take Allen um, much earlier. Um, those rookie quarterbacks tend to rely on uh, their tight ends more. However, I don't see the rookie quarterback relying so much, you know, or when he's throwing the receivers, throwing a lot of deep balls. I see a lot of intermediate slants, um, things over the middle, and that's where Keenan Allen is really productive. So I still think that he could have a solid fantasy football year. I just have him down a little bit at to number 23. And, and no one can guard Keenan Allen. He's just impossible to guard. Right, right. Yeah, he, he's, uh, it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, I was thinking about it earlier, Chris Harris sure thinks he can shut him down, and Allen thinks the opposite. They won't face each other, but I'm interested to how those practices win against one another. That's a good point. Uh, they were definitely rivals uh, during the season that, the last couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Um, number 24, I have uh, Marquise Brown. And, uh, you know, someone that just puts up has some big play uh, production. You know, they'll get some – uh, you can take a short pass and take it 60 yards for a touchdown. So he's not going to be real consistent for you, but he's going to have those games where he's just going to, you know, put up, you know, 80 yards, two touchdowns or 120 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, I don't have him much higher than that just because he is um, going to be less consistent. We both see that the passing game going down a little bit in uh, Baltimore this upcoming year. So, um, you know, very good year last year, but, um, you know, good for number 24 here, but not any higher for me. And then I have uh, D.J. Shark as well, as I think that Shark will have a, a very good year. He was um, very productive last year. Uh, Minshew, um, you know, is going to throw the ball around. We know that they're going to be behind and um, can need a lot of targets. So I think that he will have a productive year. I know we'll get into some rookies to look for af- um, after our top 30, but uh, I do have Shark here at uh, number 25 for my next spot. Nice. And just Jay Gruden with that offense, you know, you saw what he did with Washington and how little he ran the ball. And then as soon as he left, how like efficient Washington was at running the ball. So he just doesn't like to run the ball and he likes to air it out. So that definitely bodes well for DJ Shark. All right. Um, on my number 21, I have Odell Beckham for the Browns. And I'll be honest, I hate even putting him here because every year you think he's going to be the top 10 receiver and he disappoints and it's mostly due to injury he just hasn't been able to stay healthy uh scheme fit hasn't been the greatest they don't have a quarterback that can get him the ball um but with this new offense and just the fact that he's healthy now i think that he you know around this range is he's he's a value pick at this point with that talent that he has so um i think he's you know if you're able to get him around this this spot in the rankings for receivers you need to pounce on him and he has a lot of upside for you he could be potentially that uh, top 10 receiver again so at number 22 i have terry mclaren or mclaren i like him for the redskins he as a rookie he was my one of my favorite rookie receivers and i think the one thing that held him back and stopped me from ranking him higher because trust me i like him so much i really wanted to rate him higher i wanted to put him in almost the calvin ridley uh, area uh, is just the quarterback play. I think Haskins takes a step forward and is better, but uh, there's there's not a lot in Washington, and 
I mean, it kind of definitely made my decision to bounce him a little bit lower in the rankings. But I, I can't put him any lower than 22. Like I said, talent-wise, I think he's he's one of the next big stars at receiver. I really like him. And uh, if they could solidify that quarterback play and Haskins makes a, a big leap, he uh, could be a value for you at that point. 23, I have T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. And I get it. He's injured every year. He hasn't been productive. But uh, he really hasn't had great quarterback play since Andrew Luck. And even Andrew Luck's been hurt towards the end of his career. And with Phillip Rivers there in that offensive line, I feel like that will open up the passing game a little bit more, and T.Y. Hilton will get back to form. Uh, not completely, of course, because he's uh, he's older now, but uh, I like T.Y. Hilton in that slot and feel like he could be a really productive receiver for the Colts. They have a lot more weapons around him, and so he won't be the sole focus, and I expect a big bounce back year for him this year. At 24... I have Juju Smith-Schuster, kind of like what we were talking about with Burke and the you know the the uh, fact that I threw in in regards to him not getting catchable balls last year. You still saw this talent on some plays where he's able to you know do some combat catches and make some plays. So that part of his uh, game is still there. And with Roethlisberger, I just think that uh, he's going to he could be a value pick where he ends up being a, a you know top fifteen top 20 receiver and uh you know having him ranked in the top 25 uh that's where i feel most comfortable drafting him i'm, I'm willing to take a chance on him but it has to be around this range just because there's also a lot of other weapons for the steelers that are emerging and that's a lot of balls to go around so it makes me a little bit hesitant to draft him any higher than that 25 i have dk metcalf for the seahawks i love him i think he's a great red zone target well russell wilson looks for him in the red zone um, they're going to pass the ball more. It's just kind of what I was saying in regards to Tyler Lockett. Uh, they're both going to be there. They're both going to get targets, but who's going to lead the pack? And I think that will bring both of them down a couple notches, but uh, definitely top 25, both of them, uh, for that Seahawks offense right now. So number I'll run uh, – run into my next three so i'll go up to number 30 but at number 26 i have aj green for the Bengals, and it's kind of high compared to most people but and you know he's dealt with some injury even in uh you know training camp this year i just look at the talent of aj green he's always been a top five receiver pre-injury and yeah he's older but i don't think that he's going to be less effective i know he has a rookie quarterback there's some other receiving options but it's aj green and if you can get aj green as a top 30 receiver why not take that chance on him he's already proven that he he's one of the top receivers in the nfl so i just think it's a great value pick at this point in the draft and he's worth taking a chance on and if he doesn't pan out you know he remains you know remains having those nagging injuries that keeps uh keeps him from being effective great but i'm still going to bank on that talent any day uh aj green at this point is just uh, I mean, I'd be excited to get him at this at this spot. 27, Dante Johnson for the Steelers. I have him ranked higher than a lot of people, and I know this, but he was kind of the uh, hot commodity in the offseason. Everyone's saying, oh, you need to stop sleeping on Dante Johnson. He's going he's, you know, he's to excel. And uh, he was one of the top. I think he actually had the most receiving yards than any re- uh, rookie receiver last year. It's just their quarterback play was so bad that people kind of ignored it. If you have return yards in your league, he's the punt returner, and he was an all-pro punt returner. So he made some big plays through you know, special teams. And Dante Johnson is having an amazing camp. He was hurt for a little bit, but when he has been uh, participating in camp, he's been the best receiver on the whole team. People are really high on him, raving about him. So that kind of solidifies me wanting every spot I can get of Deontay Johnson in my draft if I can get him especially as like my fourth fifth receiver you're getting great value because he can end up as one of your top two receivers on your team I think he can he has the potential to be a top 15 receiver Um, he has a lot of same qualities as Antonio Brown although I'm not going to put him in that same category but he has great hands he's a great route runner he's explosive so I at this point of the draft, I would love to get Dante Johnson, and I think his upside's higher than even 
you know, where I'm ranking him right now. 28, I have Stephon Diggs for the Bills. I really like Stephon Diggs, and I felt like if he was in a different situation than Minnesota, he could do better. But then he went to the Bills and is pretty much in a similar situation as he was in the Vikings. I think it's going to be a feast or famine type of production from him. I do like the talent of Stephon Diggs. I also, you know, with his injury history too, worry about that a little bit. But I think the Bills are have a way more explosive offense than they've ever had. If Josh Allen can just improve his accuracy past 15 yards, I think uh, that's going to bode well for Stephon Diggs, and he's going to have a, a productive season. Number 29, I have Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. And, you know, with the drafting of C.D. Lamb, a lot of people are down on Michael Gallup, thinking that the targets are going to go away from him. But what they fail to realize is they've lost uh, 150 targets, I believe, between Randall Cobb and Jason Witten. So those targets are going to go somewhere. And I I think the the production for uh, Michael Gallup improves. And I think he's a better receiver than Amari Cooper. So... I'm all on board with Michael Gallup. If I can get him, I'm getting him. A lot of people, like I said, are going to shy away from him, and that leaves an opportunity for you to pick him up and uh, just benefit from his production, especially with as much as the Cowboys pass. I'm I'm a big Michael Gallup fan this year. And at number 30, I have Jarvis Landry for the Browns, and I hate to put two Browns players in the top 30 with you know how little I think they'll pass the ball, but he actually is the main receiver who gets the most uh, targets in that slot position for the Browns. And I think they're going to be more efficient because uh, they're going to be trying to protect Baker Mayfield. So they're going to be passing less, but th- he'll have better opportunities to score touchdowns and get yards. So uh, I, I really like Jarvis Landry as the 30th ranked receiver. And I, I guess I'm a little bit higher on the Browns offense than what I was the previous two years. So, Eric, what's your next five? Yeah, we got some similar uh, rankings here. Um, I have at 26, I have T.Y. Hilton. I agree, he's not going to be the T.Y. Hilton that we had, you know, a couple years ago. Um, but I think he's going to have a very productive year. Um, he's a, still a very quality receiver in Phillip Rivers. Um, you know, how he looks to get the ball to, you know, receivers over the middle, those quick slants, you know, that intermediate range. I think that that's prime area for T.Y. Hilton, and I think he's going to have a significant amount of targets this year, and I see him as having a, a pretty productive fantasy football year. Someone would be pretty happy to have him as, you know, a number two or number three receiver on my roster. Um, number 27, I have Stephon Diggs. Um, I agree uh, that, you know, it's not an ideal landing spot for him in Buffalo. Uh, they got Cole Beasley and John Brown. They got some other weapons there, but he's just such a talented receiver. And, um, you know, I think that Josh Allen is an ever-improving quarterback, and um, Diggs is worth um, drafting here at number 27, but I agree it's kind of that feaster fan. He's going to have some big weeks, and then he's going to kind of drop off um, for a game or two. Uh, But someone I I think is absolutely worth the value at the 27th overall wide receiver. Um, 28, I have Michael Gallup. Um, Same reason that that you have, or some of the same reasons. I think it's, uh, you know, they're going to put the ball in the air quite a bit, and Amari uh, Cooper can be pretty inconsistent, but at the same time, a lot of those defenses are really going to focus on Amari Cooper. And C.D. Lamb is going to be, a, I think, a very good NFL receiver, but initially I think that that number two receiver in the system is going to be Michael Gallup, and he's going to get a large uh, volume of targets. You and I aren't 100% sure on the tight end. You know, I think we're, we're sure who the tight end is going to be, but what the usage is going to look like. And uh, Gallup to me, is, is one of those emerging wide receivers that in a lot of teams could be considered a, wide, a number one wide receiver. Um, the next ranking I have here, I have Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, he he has felt the rapport and connection with uh, Baker Mayfield. He's had some consistent production there. The same thing that you mentioned, just that injuries. You know, he's about the hip injuries and other injuries that have just really limited his ability to be as effective as we think he could be. Um, but, a, you know, a more consistent offense, stable offense, and, you know, um, a more mature Baker Mayfield this year. I, I, I see, you know, a solid year from you know, Mayfield, but also from Landry. Um, number 30, you know, you talked about A.J. Green, and this is one I debated a lot. 
really think AJ Green, think highly of AJ Green, one of the best receivers in the game. Um, but it just seems like he has had that injury bug of late and even battled some injuries again this camp. And so I don't have him as high. You know, you have Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd, some other receivers there that are talented. So, um, you know, as I just laid out the case of why not to have A.J. Green in the top 30, I'm going to put someone in who meets the exact same um, criteria, <laughs> and that's Will Fuller. Um, Will Fuller is one of my favorite receivers in the NFL, a guy that is very productive, um, but it seems to consistently battle hamstring injuries. So, you know, I literally had a slash here between Fuller slash A.J. Green. Well, uh, but just given the fact that I don't think Houston really has any other weapons, you know, where you got Boyd and Tate and Cincinnati, I think that when healthy, Will Fuller is going to be the go-to guy for you know for Houston. And so I have him at number 30, more of a risk-reward type pick here, but I have Will Fuller at number 30 overall. Well, you, you know you're going to dominate those two weeks that he plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's uh, you know, a, a little bit more than the game to get to the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl, but yeah, for for six games he's going to be the best uh, fantasy football, uh, best receiver in fantasy football. Okay, well, and really quick, I, we were only doing the top thirty, but obviously when you draft, you're probably going sixty deep. So there's some receivers I'd like to talk about really quick uh, before we end the segment. Um, I, I agree with you on Will Fuller. I actually have him at thirty six. I really like him. I think he's could be the number one receiver and be really productive injuries. I mean, he's proven three years in a row that that's an issue. So that scares me to death. If he wasn't injured, I'd actually have him really high. Uh, Marquise Brown, actually, I have him rated really low. I just don't like him in that offense. I don't think he's going to be consistent. And I think that uh, there's going to be, you know, as much as they pass the ball, there's going to be other options too. So um, I'm, stubbornly not on board with the Marquise Brown as, as much as other people. But, you know, I could be wrong on that and look like a fool here uh, by the end of the year because he, he definitely could have breakout value. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's really falling off of draft boards due to his injury. I'm not buying it necessarily. I'd like Debo Samuel. I think he's the receiver to own for San Francisco, not just with rushing yards, but, you know, targets. He's uh he's an effective receiver, so I I, I have Debo Samuel at 32, and then uh, Jerry Judy for the Broncos with his route running as a rookie, I think he's gonna have an easier transition than most rookies in the NFL. So I am really high on Jerry Judy for the Broncos, and especially if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, he's someone you want to target because he can have value down the road for sure, and it doesn't exclude him from having a great rookie year. Jalen Rager, I really liked for the Eagles. Um, he's hurt right now, and he might miss the first four weeks, so that kind of takes away the value of, you know, Alshon Jeffries about, you know, out as as long as Rieger now. But I really like Rager. I think he can be uh, the top receiver for the Eagles, and he's he's worth stashing on your roster for later production. And then, um, someone I I really want to mention because I've been high on him since the day he was drafted, is Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, to me, is the main receiver for the Raiders. I think Ruggs is going to be more of their big play guy, so he's going to be inconsistent. But target-wise and volume, I think, is going to go to Edwards. Tyrell Williams is already on IR, which helps the cause. But even before then, I really thought Edwards was the guy to own. And I he was a guy I would draft at the end of all drafts every single time. Now he's sliding up a little bit. He's at number 12, um, around the 12th round, you know, between that 11th and 13th round area. And I would definitely get all my shares of Brian Edwards because I think he's going to be a, a big receiver for the Raiders. And to get that value at that point of the draft is just huge. Um, Van Jefferson, I mentioned this too before. I am not big on Josh Reynolds on the outside. He's a slot receiver, but Cooper Cup is there in the slot, so that takes away from his effectiveness. I don't think he's an effective outside receiver, and Van Jefferson is making waves in camp, and he is an outside receiver, so I think his value is, you know, he's being undervalued in drafts. He's not even being drafted. I think you can take a chance on him, and he can be a productive receiver in that Rams offense, uh, kind of in that Brandon Cooks mode that, uh, you know, they had with him uh, a couple years ago. So... Uh, I don't want to, 
you know, take up all the time because I want Burke to chime in on some of these uh, people as well. So I'll, I'll pass it on to Burke. Yeah, a couple guys outside of my top 30, and there's a lot of wide receivers this year that you can pick up that are going to be productive. Um, I've already talked about Tyler Boyd and Adam Tate. I think those are, you know, some pretty good wide receivers. Uh, I think that they're going to throw the ball a lot in Cincinnati. And, and obviously, if the health of A.J. Green, which we hope he's as healthy as he can be, um, but if he's not, those are two receivers that performed very well last year and uh, anticipate that they could be quality fantasy football, um, you know, producers this upcoming year. But a couple of players that I wanted to talk about, um, you know, Jerry Judy as well. I'm very high in Jerry Judy this year. I think he, as you said, someone's going to transition very quickly to the NFL. It's someone who's going to put up, I think, quality points in that Denver system. And um, there's uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, there's some news with Debo Samuel that uh, he's just not going to the um, you know injury list. He's not going to start the season on IR. He's going to be part of the active roster. Now, he might not be 100%, but he's uh, that's an encouraging sign to see that he's going to be in the mix here early. Now, he might need some time to get fully healthy, but someone who's really dropped off on the radar are some of these um, you know um, rankings. If, if he's going to be healthy, someone you can get in the middle – I would not even say middle, late rounds of the draft that end up being um, one of the more productive receivers as the season goes on. So I wouldn't completely write up Debo Samuel. I think there's, um, you know, Alan Lazard. I don't think there's enough attention given to Alan Lazard. There's going to be, you know, the two receivers in there. You know, you obviously Devontae Adams is going to get the lion's share of the target. But there's Alan Lazard had some decent games as a wide as a number two last year, and I think we'll see continued growth for him. So I think that he is someone that you can target later in the draft and have some consistent production out of Lazard. Um, Christian Kirk. Um, again, we've talked about how much um, they. Um, sorry, the Cardinals are going to throw the ball. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get a lot of that focus. Christian Kirk is a very productive wide receiver. I would be very happy to end my fantasy football draft with him in my roster one way or another. And then I would also say that um, there's – I'll bring up one other rookie. Um, but before I get there, I think Emmanuel Sanders. You know, again, that, the volume of passing you're going to see out of the Saints, having Michael Thomas opposite him. Emmanuel Sanders has proved to be productive everywhere he's been. He's a, a very good receiver for this upcoming year. And Darius Slayton as well. I think that's someone that's not given enough attention. You know, a, a receiver that had eight eight touchdowns last year, and we both have talked about how we anticipate Daniel Jones to have a much improved year. As, um, but one rookie. As a rookie, too. Ahead. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, one rookie, if I can bring up another rookie, obviously we got the, you know, the ones that um, – you know, C.D. Lamb, we got Jerry Judy, you know, we've talked about those. Michael Pittman is a receiver that I, Michael Pittman Jr., one that I can um, develop more of a, a longer-range development, something you get later in your draft as a keeper for the future. But someone to keep an eye on is LaVisca Chanel. You know, that guy out of Colorado um, could play everywhere, you know, play the Wildcat uh, quarterback, play running back, play wide receiver, a very, very talented guy. Injuries kind of hampered him, so hopefully he can stay healthy. But who's going to be that number two wide receiver out of Jacksonville? Who's going to be behind a lot throwing the ball? I, I think it's openly, as the season goes on, it's going to be Chanel. And we know now with Fournette gone, you see uh, Devontae Freeman is now visiting Jacksonville, but we don't know what's going to happen there. you got a Zigbo. you got Thompson. There's not a clear you know, back there. Uh, Chanel is a talented player that you could find a way to give him the football. So a very late draft and, pick, very, very and late. He plays, Someone, if you want to take a risk on somebody or a late-round keeper, he could be it. And he plays the receiver position like a running back, and he actually is decent at running the ball. He, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a good uh, good statement to, to add into the list. And uh, I, I want to touch up on your Giants receivers because I, it's one of the situations where I like all the receivers. Sterling Shepard's a great receiver. I think he's the number one. Darius Slayton, you know, we just, you just talked about Golden Tate at the slot. He he's good value, even though he's he's shaking up a little bit right now. Um, my big issue with the Giants is that's a lot of balls to go around, and who's going to get those majority of those targets? But all of them are capable and could be value pick later on in the draft. So. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a lot of talent there and a lot of options. So you know, sometimes you got to look at. The systems and not just look for the big names. There's a lot of players out there that, you know, had very productive years last year and, and are in a system that I think in the support and emerging year this year. Yeah. And, uh, well, that will do it for our receiver rankings. But, uh, 
yeah, it's a it's a formidable list that we have. That will do it for today's episode on the receiver rankings. Thank you for joining us. This is the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. And we'll see you next time for the mock draft. Take care, everybody.